Welcome back to the Salty Community Podcast. I'm Colleen. We are a community of people dedicated to helping you grow your personal relationship with Jesus. We emphasize the truth and foundation of Scripture and give you tools and opportunities to experience Jesus in a personal and unique way for you. God's kingdom invites us into an interactive relationship with Him, and it's our desire and focus to help this be a reality for each person listening. This group becomes a safe place to grow into what more of the Holy Spirit has for you. Hey, this is Deanna, and today Colleen and I are starting um, a short little two-series podcast, and I am super excited about what we're going to be talking about, um, partially because God has really just been highlighting this to me and showing it to me, but we are going to be talking about all, not all, some of the different um, times in the Old and New Testament where we see the spirit realm. Um, Today, we are only going to focus on the spirit realm in the Old Testament. And guys, we are barely going to scratch the surface. I wrote the outline for this, and we had to go in and scratch out so much stuff because I had way too much content. And you're going to be so thankful that I did that. But um, we are going to be talking about different places that the spirit realm shows up in the Old Testament. Um, But before we do that, I felt like it was only fair to talk about what is the spirit realm, Um, especially if you're new and just tuning in. um, One of our previous podcasts, we do talk about the spirit realm and your spiritual eyes. Um, So if this is completely foreign to you, you may want to go back and catch that podcast. But the spirit realm also can be called the eternal or forever realm. Um, This is a realm obviously created by God, but it is an unseen realm. It is 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, um, for sure lets us know that it is unseen. This is something that with our physical eyes, we typically, unless God wants otherwise, we cannot see into this spirit realm with our physical eyes or hear with our physical ears. So the spirit realm is a realm that can only be seen and heard and interacted with from a place of being in the spirit itself. So um, it is also where Christ is. Now, Colossians 3, 1 and 2 tells us that he is seated in the heavenly places. Um, And then Ephesians 2, 6 tells us that we are seated with him in the heavenly places. So The spirit realm, while it is unseen, we have access to it because we are there. Um, You can also think of the spirit realm as something that is within you. Um, And here, it is a mystery. It's not something that we're ever fully going to understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) When I very first started or was introduced to the spiritual realm, because I was so, I'm a reality thinker, I'm a show me, you're going to have to show me to prove it to me. I even remember uh, walking out of church one day and having a moment of disbelief and saying, if you want me to believe all of this stuff this guy just said to me in church, you're going to have to prove it to me or show me somehow. Now, I don't recommend <laughs> that you tell God, prove it to me, but... Be careful because he will. He definitely will. But having 
access to, or when you very first showed me that this place existed, my first thought was disbelief or um, it was a skeptic's mind frame. She thought I was crazy. Yes. She's just saying it nicely yes, right Yes, I'm second. trying. I'm trying. <laughs> um, so what I want to say is if you're in that boat and you're saying, how can this actually be? Or you're being, or if you have a little bit of skepticism, hold on to your seat, hold on to your car seat, whatever you're doing. Um, because we're going to show you in scripture how the people in the Bible um, saw into this place or had access or interacted in this space with God and that if they can do it, so can we. Absolutely. So on that very statement, God shows no favoritism. Mm -hmm. Um, This has been such an interesting place that I have always done um, scripture um, for as long as I can remember since I've been chasing hard after God. When I get into scripture, if I read about something, I'm like, well, if they can have it, I can too. Mm -hmm. And so um, where that came from, I have a couple of weird thoughts. But what is important is, is that God shows no favoritism. Ephesians 6, 9, Acts 10, 34, and Romans 2, 11 are just three places where the writers go so far as to say, God doesn't show favoritism. So... If Deanna and Colleen can experience both God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the spirit realm and interact and listen and hear and see, then so can everyone else. Yeah, I had a thought when we were fixing to start this podcast. I was like, you know, the Bible tells us that we are to live by the spirit and walk by the spirit. And I'm thinking, if you want me to live and you want me to walk, I'm going to have to be able to see and I'm going to have to be able to hear God. Yes. (laughs) You know what yes. I mean? To like, be able to follow the Spirit, to walk yes. in step right. with the Spirit, mm-hmm. you're yeah. very much so going to need to be able to hear and see. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be a very stumbly, yes. lots of U-turns and detour mm-hmm. kind of situation. And I don't even know how I could walk in the Spirit and deny my flesh daily if I don't know what it looks like, where I'm going, or how to have a relationship in that space. Exactly. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that. So, um, one of the other things about the spirit realm that I just want to say is that Paul tells us um, in 2 Corinthians that this is the permanent realm. Um, And to set our eyes on things that are eternal, not temporary. So, if you can see it with your two eyes, it is temporary and it is not here forever. Whereas the eternal realm is where things are forever. And that is supposed to be our focus Um, And so it is really hard to, once again, focus on something that you can't see or hear. So, um, again, we do have access to the spirit realm, and we are going to spend a little bit of time today talking about um, the access that they had in the Old Testament, which was before the Holy Spirit was living inside of them. It was before Jesus, and they still, in certain instances, God chose to allow this. Um, Romans chapter 15, verse 4 tells us that the things that were written before were for our instruction, but they're also for our um, encouragement and to help us persevere. So here's the thing. If they can have it, so can you. If you are seeking hard after God, he's not going to tell you no. And so as we seek him and as we pursue him, as we do that whole 
ask, seek, and knock. Um, we, he is prepared and ready to answer us. So let's get started and look at some things from the Old Testament. And we've broken these down kind of into categories um, just because there's so much. Um, so we're going to start with dreams and visions. Um, and before I even go terribly far into that, I want to help you understand what the difference between a dream and a vision even is. So a dream is just what you think it is. It happens while you're asleep. It is something that God gives you in your sleep. He exposes the dreamer to the spirit realm while they're sleeping. Whereas a vision, you are typically not asleep. Um, you may be getting ready to go to sleep. You may be just waking up. Those are really common times. That is what I have experienced. Um, I have had several visions from God. Um, they typically happen when I am very still and quiet. I'm not saying that that's the only time that they can happen, but that is that has been my experience. Um, and the way a vision works, it's almost like a movie that is playing in your mind that you cannot put pa push pause or stop or whatever. You are going to see what God wants you to see in the spirit realm. So a vision is something that God shows you that you have no control over. Um, so Joseph... Um, with the coat of many colors, it's in Genesis chapter 37. If you want to go look at it yourself, um, verse 1 through 11, Joseph had a couple of sets of dreams. Joseph is um, Jacob's son, um, who was Isaac's son, who was Abraham's son. So you have this, um, these are the guys that God has chosen to start um, the Israelite family or the Jewish nation. Um, started with these guys. And um, so Joseph has these dreams that were absolutely for God, from God, and they foretold the future. Um, but here's what I want you to hear. He went and told people about his dreams and was discounted and was um, made fun of. And eventually, because they did not like his dreams, he was sold into slavery. So just because the people around you don't receive the dream that you receive. Don't receive it from you. Don't believe you. Don't. That's between you and God. Your dream is between you and God. And how you interpret it is also between you and God. So um, I just want to encourage you, if that is something that you've always wondered about, or maybe you're a person that does have really vivid dreams, I do not. Um you can ask God to, to minister to you, to encourage you through dreams, um, and he can absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. I um, had a girl in a small group one time that um, she very vividly got dreams. And through our small group, her dreams, the things that she was dreaming, because of the people she was connected to, her dreams were connecting to our small group and she was getting confirmation through the group that it really was the Lord speaking to her through her dreams. Oh, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. That is the absolute opposite of what happened to Joseph. <laughs> but that yeah. is awesome. Um, I actually have somebody that is in one of my small groups right now, and she gets dreams. But she got scary dreams. And so we had a lot of conversation about um, asking God to protect that space mm -hmm. But I also sent her on a hunt. I said, you go study all the dreamers of scripture um, and just, you know, educate yourself. 
on what God does from that space. Okay, Joseph also, in his story in general, not only did he have dreams, but then he was put in positions where people around him were dreaming, and he was actually able to interpret those dreams, um, which is also a spiritual gift. Like, it is a gifting to be able to interpret someone's dream, and he was actually able to do that. Um, so then, so he's one of my favorite examples of dreamers. And um, the next guy that we're going to use, and I want you to know we had so many to choose from, but the next guy we're going to use from the Old Testament just because he did so much was Daniel. Um, he has his own book um, in the Old Testament. Uh, he is um, a prophet, and he was part of the first set of Israelites or Jewish people to be taken into captivity, um, into Babylonian captivity, and probably as a teenager. So he gets over there, and not only is he able to interpret dreams for the king, um, he's considered one of the wise men, but he also has crazy startling dreams that he doesn't always know the answer to. Um, he has visions. Um, he has a whole lot of things going on in the spirit realm. He falls on his face because he's so startled by this angel. And it's, you know, um, and there's even, we know that there were things about his dreams that he did not understand. Um, and even now, if you read the book of Daniel, the first part is a lot of the things that we've heard of before, like Daniel in the lion's den and the Daniel fast that's super popular right now happens in the first chapter. Um but there at the end are some of his more startling dreams, and a lot of those tie to things that are said in Revelation. Um, in fact, most people will tell you that you cannot read Revelation well unless you have read the book of Daniel and seen his dreams. Um, so it is really cool to me that God uses this prophet from way into the Old Testament in Babylonian captivity time and then and gives him prophecy through it. So... Who knows? And it's up to God on what he wants you to see in these dreams. But dreams are absolutely a way that God uses to show us things in the spirit realm for our good, for the good around us, and to give warning and to tell things that are to come so that we know how to prepare. That happened a lot with Joseph and Daniel. So dreams are definitely a way to see into the spirit realm. So where my brain goes is, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but um, my brain goes to, why don't I experience this? Have you asked for it? No. And, and that's, that's why. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking, because I was like, when I say this, she's going to say, well, have you asked for that? And I have not. No. And I haven't. I've never asked God to give me dreams. Mostly because I never remember my dreams in the morning, mm -hmm. and I would just assume get a vision. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started chasing after him, and I ran across like Peter's visions that mm -hmm. he couldn't even recognize whether it was a vision or was really happening, I was like, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. So when we get to the New Testament next week, you'll see some of the things that I said, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. But it's just that mindset that you approach it like you can ask for whatever you want, mm -hmm. and he will give. He wants us to be in relationship with him. He mm -hmm. wants us to experience him. And one of the things I know that he enjoys 
is revealing fresh and new truth to us Mm -hmm. that changes our perspective, that wakes us up and shakes us up. He loves that. It's no different than we love seeing our own kids have those light bulb moments or have those really exciting experiences with us. And so he's, he's our good, good father. And so he enjoys that. Okay, so next, the thing we have next on our list is experiencing God. Actually having experiences where God allows his manifest presence to not only be in the spirit realm, but to also in some form or fashion to move into this physical realm that we live. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something, just a really quick example would be Moses and the burning bush. That was God's physical manifest presence in a physical way, like in a burning bush. Um, His spiritual presence showing up in a way that we could understand it. And that happens throughout scripture. The two I want to talk about are Jacob, which was Joseph's dad, and how he wrestled with God all night long. Okay, that idea, I have never asked for that either, by the way. I will not ask for that, I don't think. Because Jacob left with a limp. I mean, but he also told him, I am not leaving you until you bless me. So he also left with a blessing. So if, if you're willing to go through the... The wrestling with God. Now, I ha- while I have never asked to wrestle with God, I have absolutely wrestled with God. Um, I don't know whose idea it was. I think it was more Deanna's idea than God's idea. Um, and this may have been the case with Jacob as well. But God, in some, we don't have a lot of details about this at all, other than we know that it was a physical encounter because Jacob had a limp for the rest of his life as a result of this interaction. So there are times that God can make his presence known in the physical, um, which is showing you a spiritual reality in the physical. Um, Again, a super obvious one is like the burning bush. That one is my favorite. Now, Daniel chapter five. So we're going back to Daniel for a second because Daniel had lots of really cool things happen. But um, there's a different king. The Babylonian Empire had been taken over by the Persians. And this Persian king made some really bad choices that did not line up with anything that God was okay with. And so a hand comes out of heaven and with a finger writes on a wall. That's just weird. I read that story. I was like, this is just weird. It is very weird. (laughs) But this hand writes on a wall and the king... And everyone sees it happen. Mm -hmm. They are completely wigged out of this hand writing on the wall. And I remember learning this as a little bitty kid in like Bible school, like, you know, Sunday school. And the pictures that they would draw, like this, this, the people would be in the picture and this giant hand comes down. I don't know if it was a giant (laughs) hand or not, but it was a hand that writes on the wall and it apparently wrote in some foreign unknown language And so the king is in an uproar because he has no earthly idea what it says. And he's freaking out. None of his wise men know. And someone remembers Daniel. And Daniel comes and interprets it. Um, Wasn't good news. Wasn't good news for the king at all. But he died that night. Um, But that was another situation where something that was happening in the spirit realm, God allowed them to see in the physical So um, that is absolutely something we can ask for. Hey, God, show me 
let me see you here. Mm-hmm. And But here's the thing. When we ask him to show up and show us, we have to then be watching. Mm-hmm. And we can't give something like credit. We can't say, oh, that was a coincidence. Or, oh, that was weird. How cool is that? But that was weird. And not give God credit where credit is due. If you're asking him to let you see him in your everyday world, then you have to be looking for him because he's going to show up. He's going to show up time and time again. Yes. Absolutely. So now we have seeing in the spirit. Yes. So I kind of know this story, so I will try to do my very best. Um, I really love the story of Elijah and Elisha because I fit so well um, there with the discipleship. But I really love this story because Elisha prays for his servant. Mm -hmm. I really love that. Um, Elisha's in a pickle, and he's made this king mad because he's interpreting. He's giving intel, basically, um, to what this king is up to. And um, so this king is wants to get rid of his snitch. He's <laughs> <laughs> really a prophet. And um, so he surrounds this city that Elisha and his servant is in, and his servant goes out and sees that they're completely surrounded. And Elisha tells him... In Colleen's paraphrase, don't worry, there's way more, we have way more than they do. And so Elisha prays for his servant to God and says, will you show my servant, I guess, what he could see, right? Um, And so he sees this whole um, army of chariots and angels all surrounding way bigger than um, what is actually happening in the physical. So what is happening in the spiritual space has them way more protected than what is really there in the physical. Um, But he wanted his servant to be able to see what God was doing Mm -hmm. and not let his circumstances overwhelm him. And we can do that all day long. If you find yourself Mm -hmm. in a circumstance that's overwhelming... You can say, show "Show me me. Mm -hmm. what is happening in the spirit realm. This is what it looks like from perspective earth. This is what it looks like when my little feet are on this dusty planet. This is how life looks. Can you give me an eternal perspective on this? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. Those chariots, those um, angels and those chariots, they didn't go to war with the people that were there. What God was showing him through that was, I am bigger than any enemy that's going to come against mm-hmm. you. Because what he ended up doing was blinding. Blinding them and getting them in another space. Yeah. And moving them. And moving them. And then opening their eyes and then being like, oh. oh. And then they just left. And they left. Mm-hmm. So, But either way, God knew he had it handled. So mm-hmm. in the spirit realm, he completely had it taken care of. And we have done this exercise um, in both of my small groups where I have asked them, ask God to show you what hard place you're in right now. Where do you feel like the enemy has you surrounded? And what is what truth on the spirit realm does God want you to see? Um, this can show up in so many ways. Um, there are so many things even th- that God has said through scripture about who we are and whose we are and what what are ours in him? And the world may make it look like none of those things are true. 
we have to believe what he has said and what we have seen more than we believe the physical circumstances that are happening in that moment. Mm -hmm. That is so much easier to say than always live out. Mm -hmm. But it happens over and over again. King David, before he was King David, was told hey, you're going to be king. And then the next thing you know, he spends years on the run. He had to remain in a place of belief about what God said before it got hard. And we have to do the same thing. We have to remember what God said yeah, and I was what we walk- saw. Yeah, I was walking last night and um, just praying and you know, spending some time with God on my walk. And he said to me, he said, Colleen, just look up. And I was like, okay. And I looked up and it was nothing spectacular. <laughs> But he said, if you'll just look up first mm. before you'll do anything, you'll all, not that you'll, you'll have my perspective on things rather than your own perspective. Yes. Yeah. And his perspective is always the right one. I remember praying for him to, to bless us. And I was like, good blessings, God, <laughs> like my definition of good. Yeah. And he said to me. My definition of good is the only real definition of good. Everything else is counterfeit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, so what God has for us is good. Mm -hmm. And everything else is counterfeit. That's good. So also seeing in the spirit, Moses and the elders. um, I think sometimes we think it was just Moses on that mountain getting the Ten Commandments and stuff. And it was him for a period of time by himself with just Joshua, but there was a time when the elders and Moses were able to sit down with God. Like that's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. And God would speak out of the mountain. This and, is the temple. Is this the getting the temple? The tabernacle. The tabernacle. This yeah. was finding out about the finding tabernacle yeah. and being able to see into the spirit realm mm-hmm. and see, see God, see what the tabernacle was supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just, it's crazy. Um, so seeing in the spirit is actually um, part of that early episode that we did. But I just want to say right here, this is available. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, seeing into the spirit realm is available to you. So you can ask for this. You can ask God. We're going to talk about it more in this, the next episode, but you can ask God to open your spiritual eyes and let you see. Mm-hmm. And we sing a song that says that. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see you. Okay, if we really mean that, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. Oh my gosh, I've sung that so many times and never applied it. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Never. So... <laughs> After seeing in the Spirit, we're going to move in to hearing in the Spirit. And Colleen is going to tell you one of her favorite stories. Yes, I love this story. So this is the story of Hagar. I reread this um, this morning just to refresh my memory, so hopefully I don't butcher it too badly. But um, so Hagar is um, Sarah and Abraham's servant? She's actually just Sarah's slave. Sarah's slave. Okay, Sarah's slave. And... Um, Sarah and Abraham cannot have a child, and so they want Hagar to bear a child. He, she bears a child. Well, she gets pregnant, and then the scriptures say that she starts to despise Sarah. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, she tries to run. She she tries to run away, and while she's in the midst of trying to run away, God tells her. Actually, He doesn't tell her anything. He asks her a question. He says, what are you doing? 
<laughs> and she hears him and she he tells her that the child that is in your womb will um and I don't want to say the wrong words but he will be a he won't be your promised child but he will be um he will have a nation there will be a, there is a nation inside of him he tells her that I know right not the promised child but he tells her that so he says go back and go back to Sarah and Abraham so she has the child and Sarah is, uh, I don't want to butcher this too badly, so you might have to help me. She's jealous. She's jealous, yes. And Sarah tells Abraham that you need to, we need to get rid of Hagar and, her son, and, and the son. And the reason she can now do that is by now Sarah has had the promised child, Isaac. Yes. So yes. why even keep Sarah and her son? Let's mm-hmm. just, I mean, Hagar and her son, let's just get let's rid of them. Let's just get rid of them. And it, the scripture says that Abraham was sad about it because that was his child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he did, but God, Abraham hears God and God tells Abraham, do what your wife says. So he does it. He gets them a little knapsack together and he sends them on their way while they run out of water and food and Hagar sits her child underneath a bush or a tree of some sort and walks away because she doesn't want to see her child die. She doesn't want to watch it. And um, she's crying out to the Lord, and the Lord says, I hear your child. Go get your son. And all of a sudden it says her eyes were opened. So not only did she hear, but she's seeing now, and there was a well. Mm, there was a well. He provided. He provided. Oh, that's awesome. So there was a well there, and they got water, and then this time they don't go back. They're not mm-hmm. told to go back. And that's when he builds the nation of Ishmael. Mm-hmm. That is a very awesome story. He yes. actually, one of the names of God um, comes from that story, the God really? who sees me. Oh, The God who sees that. me, because Hagar names God, the God mm-hmm. who sees me. Um, and that is mm-hmm. that is really cool that it was a mm-hmm. um, not a Jew mm-hmm. who was able to yeah. do that. And there's one little place in Scripture that when you get further into the story, when Abraham dies and they're bringing him back to, that Ishmael and Isaac bury their dad together. I know. Isn't that really cool? Yeah. So there wasn't... I Animosity mean, between the boys. Between the boys. And if problem. there, right? <laughs> and if there was, they had enough decency to to bury their dad. That is cool. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. So another story of hearing in the spirit, um, but actually probably hearing out loud was mm-hmm. what was happening with Samuel when he was a young child before oh, yeah. he became a huge prophet mm-hmm. of Israel, and then he heard from God in the spirit all the time. But God was teaching him to recognize his voice at a really young age. Mm. And so he's sleeping, and he would hear Samuel, Samuel. Mm. Well, he would jump up and run to Eli, which was the priest at the time, going, Here I am. (laughs) Name me, here I am. Eli was like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. This happens three times before Eli catches on and tells Samuel, It's the Lord. Say, Here I am, Lord. You know, your servant is listening. So... God will go to a lot of extremes to get our attention and learning to hear his voice. I'm not going to pretend like it's the easiest thing that you will ever do, 
but it is absolutely the most worthwhile thing that you will spend time learning is how to recognize his voice. Um, it will never contradict scripture. Um, it will never contradict his character. Um, he will never disguise his voice to sound like you. Or, um, so it's just, mm-hmm. he goes to a lot of trouble and he is willing to go to a lot of trouble for just each of us to hear him. Yeah, I, when I read this story, I couldn't help but go back to the first chapter and read about Hannah. Oh, I couldn't yes. help but do it. I just couldn't. Her and sacrifice. Yeah, and just that God remembered her. He did. Like she prayed. And maybe there wasn't a hearing of him or a seeing of him, but he remembered her and answered her prayer. And she got her child. Yeah. And her child becomes one of... One of the greatest, you know, prophet. He was definitely, they had had all these judges, and that's actually what Samuel was considered, was one, was the last judge. But he absolutely was prophetic because he is the one who anoints David, um, who will become King David, whom yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. comes from that line. Um, so that's really cool. Um, as you're learning to hear God's voice, I always like to recommend going to the book of Job. Um, and very close to the end of the book, God speaks. Um, if you, um, want to look at that book, I would honestly recommend reading like the first chapter or two and then going to the last few chapters and backing up a little bit and finding where Job and God have their conversation. But it is the longest recorded speech of God happens in Job. And it just, there's a lot of majesty in that conversation. There's a lot of, like you can just kind of hear God thundering, um, as you read it. So hearing in the spirit, um, Again, we only went and grabbed one or two examples. Mm -hmm. This is everywhere. I would even challenge you to find other places in the Old Testament that come to mind where people heard God speak to them. Gideon heard God speak and Deborah. I mean, it's it's just all over the place if we go looking. Yeah, this is one of those things that we talk about. This is what Salty does, is we teach people how to see in the Spirit and hear God and develop their own relationship and... If it's one of those things that if I could shake the microphone and it would make you do it or make you ask, it's like I would do it because for me, I sat on a pew for four years before I ever experienced God because I was just going to church and maybe reading my Bible occasionally, but there was no relationship there. And the development of my eyes and my ears is when my relationship started to develop. Um and made it so real and tangible to me that when I saw somebody preaching on a preaching and I heard God speak through them, I'm like, oh, I can do that too. And you, you're not just getting information from someone else. You're getting it directly from the source. Absolutely. First-hand bread is the best kind of bread. It's the best kind. So... My most recent discovery, I was reading the book of Matthew this weekend, and I know I said we're in the Old Testament, we're still in the Old Testament, but I was reading in Matthew, and Jesus is talking, and he's being tested by the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they're just frustrated with him, and so he decides to throw out a question for them, but the part that just jumped off the page and grabbed my attention, he quotes from a psalm of David and asked them to describe it. But the way he describes David is he says, David, while in the spirit, said, 
Okay, guys, that same phraseology, that in the spirit phrase, is also used in Revelation when it says, John, this is John talking about himself. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And that's where mm. the vision of Revelation comes from. So we know, we know, Jesus said it. This wasn't, it, this is in red letters in your Bible. Matthew chapter 22, verse 43, red letters. Um, David, the psalmist and the king, spent time in the spirit realm and was able to see God and Jesus speaking with one another. He was able to see God on his throne. He was able to, uh, he would say, I have always set the Lord before me. Mm. He could see into the spirit realm and see him. Just like what Colleen was saying about looking up before you mm. saw, he could see into the spirit realm, what God was doing, which is what enabled him to do all the things he did, fight Goliath, all the things. One of my favorite things, as I was kind of looking at the idea that as David is writing these Psalms, so much of them came from his time in the spirit realm, is Psalms 23, which a lot of us are familiar with. And this is the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. He is the first one to call Jesus. As shepherd, and That's later right. in John, mm-hmm. Jesus will say, "I am the good shepherd." Um, David was a shepherd boy, and Jesus revealed Himself to David as a shepherd. That's right, because right. He knew David mm-hmm. would understand. understand. He knew he could relate to that, mm-hmm. and he would completely understood all that entailed to be his shepherd. So that's so good. That should excite us Mm -hmm. to know that God will reveal himself. Jesus will reveal himself to you in a way that you can grab a hold of and you can have fresh truth about him in a way that you in your own personal situation and circumstances can completely understand. I hope that excites you at least half as much as it excited me. I texted Colleen, oh my goodness, you have to look at this first. I was yeah. freaking out. I was so excited. I had always kind of thought for David's Psalms to be as powerful as they were and to have the flip that they have. If you've ever read... What does that mean? A Psalm of David. He starts out... All the griping, all the complaining. Um, but he ends... With that you are good, or you are faithful, or your mercy endures forever. And here's why. When we are taking our complaints before our Father, and we sit with Him in the spirit realm, and we and complain, and just all the things, as you sit with Him, your perspective changes. And then you are able to say, no, but you are good. No, but you are able, but you are faithful. These are things that David knew to be true because God would continually remind him and open his eyes to those truths. And that is just so cool. That is really cool. Okay, so we cannot end this podcast without talking about the fact that it is possible, and we're going to end next time's podcast the same way, it is absolutely possible to misuse the spirit realm. Now you're probably going, what? So when you 
Get brave and ask God to open your spiritual eyes and ears and to give you access to the spirit realm and let you see what he wants you to see. To pull peel back heaven and let you see. Like maybe let you spend time in the throne room, which is something we absolutely encourage. Or spend time with Jesus in whatever place he chooses to meet you. Um, we always, 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 if I am in the spirit realm, I am either with God or I am with Jesus or I am with the Holy Spirit. I never, ever, ever am in there alone. Um, and here is why. In First uh, Samuel chapter 28, we find the story of Saul. And he was king before David. And actually Samuel, who we had just talked about learning how to hear God's voice, um, was the prophet that led Saul, helped him make decisions, helped him know what armies to fight, all the things that he needed to know. Um, and Saul, um, God had already decided. He had taken his spirit from Saul, and he had already anointed David as king, and Samuel had died. Well, Saul was in a pickle. The Philistines were coming. He had all these bad things happening, and he had no earthly idea what to do. And so what he did was he went and found a witch and said, I need you to bring up Samuel from the dead so that I can talk to him. Yeah, bad choice. Guys, this is a sin. Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter 18, verses 9 through 12, is this long list of things that God hates. Mm -hmm. And in that is witches and fortune tellers and all of those things. They're called the thousand different things in that verse, um, depending on what translation you pick up. But what it boils down to is the absolute only time that you should have any interaction with the spirit realm is in the presence of God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, or all three, or however he decides to do that. But we should never attempt to probe that space in our own power or through the power of witchcraft or anything like that. Because here's what you need to know. There are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of light, mm -hmm. and there is the kingdom of darkness. And... God, the kingdom of heaven, and God, which is all part of that spirit realm, is the kingdom of light. Mm -hmm. Anything else, any other trying to get into the spirit realm, maybe you have a parent you would love to see, whatever, any attempt otherwise is going in through the kingdom of darkness. Mm -hmm. And it is sin, and it will lead to no good. Because here's the thing. God allowed Samuel to come up and talk to Saul. And you know what he told him? You're going to die in this battle, and so will all your sons. He did not get good news at all. He got reprimanded, and then he basically got a death sentence. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want you to hear. Yes, spending time in the spirit realm with God and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit as your guide, spending time in the kingdom of God in that way mm -hmm. is powerful it is uh, life-changing, life-altering, perspective-changing. It um, gives you an opportunity to have re new truth revealed to you. But it has to be done in the company of and with the Holy Spirit. It has to be done with God. It is because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us that we even have this access it talks about the mystery of the gospel throughout Scripture, throughout the New Testament for sure, the mystery. Well, that mystery is um, defined in Ephesians, and it says the mystery is Christ within us. Mm -hmm. Okay, within us is so much because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and we have 
so much at our disposal and at our hands um, because of him. But that is the only place we should do life, is from that space of him doing life in us and through us and with us. So while I want to encourage you to get in your word and see all these places where God has allowed people um, over and over again to experience him and that you can ask for all of it, um, I just want you to know that it is only done through the power of the Spirit. Colleen, you got anything you want to add to that? I had a thought, but I think I'm going to save it for the next podcast. Okay. Because it's straight out of the Old Testament, and it's Jesus. Oh, in the so New we'll Testament? Wait. The Old Testament? No, or? New. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Did I say Old? Yes. I meant New. Okay, so the next time you join us for a podcast, the one that we're going to do after this, we will look at different spiritual experiences in the New Testament. We will for sure look at the life of Jesus mm-hmm. and his followers um, and, the, and, the, and those that came, all the experiences that came. Before Jesus was actually born, there were some. So um, anyway, Colleen is going to pray us out, and um, we will catch you at the next podcast. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and for your word, Lord. And thank you for giving us access to you in a place where we can commune with you and hear you and see you. And oh my gosh, and through that, Lord, we know that you manifest yourself to us on earth. Lord, we love you, we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.